Hello and welcome to Lighthouse Vineyard Church. We appreciate you joining us through this podcast. If you would like to know more about us, feel free to visit us online at lighthousevineyard.church. Thank you once again for joining us and enjoy the message. We are uh, finishing up a series here where we've been in the book of Proverbs. Uh, it's a series about gaining wisdom and the challenge uh, for the month of July and August has been to read the proverb of the day. So that ended yesterday. So Clint kind of mentioned this might be um, interactive here. So how many people didn't miss a day? 31 straight days plus 31, 62 straight days. Eh? Our, our lead pastor did, so that's good. Thanks, Clint. There you go. There you go. I wish I could raise I missed one day, then I came back and I read two the next day. Um, but yeah, but that's the challenge. So here's my next challenge is even though we're done with the book of Proverbs, I challenge you to find what's your next book? What's your next book? Where are you reading next? Don't just give up and say, oh, Proverbs over. I'm not gonna read my Bible until Christmas or whatever. Um, press on and read your Bible every single day. Um, last week, Clint did talk about uh, winning. It was his, the message title was winning, living confident in a shade-filled world. And he said we can live Confident when we trust in God's strength and do our part. If you missed that message, I'd encourage you jump online and you can um, read or not read. Can you read it? You can't read it. You can listen to that message online. You can also, you know, if you have like eight straight hours, you can listen to everyone from the, this whole entire series. So, um, but yeah. So today to start. Does anybody have a pet peeve? Anybody have a pet peeve? I have a pet peeve. If you don't know what a pet peeve is, a pet peeve is something that a particular person finds especially annoying, especially annoying. And so I was thinking about my pet peeves and I came up with Matt's top five pet peeves. So you're gonna hear them. So the, my first one is driving across a parking lot. This means like when you're at like, Walmart or Meyer, one of those, and you, you angle across the, the rows of a parking lot. That drives me nuts. I'm, I am, I'm a straight down the row and then left. And I'll even go out in the middle of nowhere because that's where it takes me. And then I'll turn on the imaginary road. Um, I've, I've, I've wanted, I don't have the financial means to do this. I've wanted to buy like a beater car and just hope somebody hits me. You know, like I'm going straight. And then here come like, <laughs> boom, ha <laughs> ha. Sorry, it's on you, but that's mean. But driving across the parking lot, um, speaking then when you get into the grocery store, more than 10 or 12 items in that fast checkout lane, oh, drives me absolutely nuts. This happened a few weeks ago. It was, I believe it was two days in a row. One day was at Walmart and the next day was at Martin's, but somebody got in front of me with more than one. And it bugs me even when there's like, if it's, 10 items, if you have 11, oh, but this one wasn't 11. The one, especially at Walmart, there was probably 30 items and it was 12 items or less. And I was, you know, and I, had, and I, I literally had like one item, you know, it was just like quick in and out, but no. Um, how about this one? This is a grocery, so you buy your groceries, you go back out. If they don't put the cart back in the cart corral, that drives me bonkers too. Especially in the winter, you see those guys out there and they're all bundled up and the, the road's always slushy because they sawed it and they're pushing. I'm like, can we just be courteous to this guy and put it in the corral? Put, put your cart back in the corral. 
Not all of mine have to do with like grocery stores. This one doesn't. <laughs> this one doesn't. Driving slow in the fast lane. That drives me nuts too. Uh, this summer we were able to go out to Colorado and it was like a 14 or 16 hour drive. And most of it was on the, the freeways, the interstates. And you know, you get out there and I'm, I'm not like a speed demon, but you pass in. When you pass, you may have to get off your cruise control and give it a little gas, get around, and then get back, and then go back to cruise control. Like, come on, come on. I was informed, because it even drives me nuts when the truckers do it too. But then I was informed after last that some of the, the trucks have governors on them, and they can't go that fast. So, but stay out of my, stay out of my way. <laughs> I was, I've had this thought multiple times. If everybody just drove the same way I did, this world would be a great place. But, so, yeah. <laughs> the last one, number five, um, I like sports. This has to do with sports, is trash talking. That drives me nuts when, when athletes will trash talk. There's one in particular that's happened the last few years um, in football. So you have an offense and the receiver, then the defense. And if it's an incomplete pass, the referee's signal for incomplete passes like this. Well, they'll throw it, and then if the defensive back or whoever, the, de- the person on the defense like makes a good play, they knock it down, they'll get up and they'll get in the guy's face and go like, yeah, incomplete, incomplete. And I don't know why, but that drives me nuts. And some of them, the quarterback might have just overthrown the receiver and it was a bad pass, but the defense will go, yeah, that was all me, incomplete. And I'm just like, quit doing that. Just do your job, get back in the huddle and go to the next play. I have one bonus pet peeve as well. Okay, a bonus pet peeve. Chewing with your mouth or talking with your mouth um, full of food, okay? It's not as funny this time because last time my wife was, this is actually not one of my pet peeves, but it's my wife's pet peeve because I do that. I talk with my mouth full. I always think if I just can put it over in my cheek, it's okay. But my, yeah, my wife does not, does not like that. So when you think about your pet peeves, right, it says something that somebody finds annoying. I would argue this, that pet peeves are also something that, you, that anger you, that you get, right, your, your blood boils a little bit. For me, I know when I think of those things, even just thinking about them here, it makes your blood boil a little bit. I get a little bit, a little bit angry. And the thing is, when we get angry, we don't rationalize correctly. We do silly things. We do foolish things. I've read stories about like road rage. If you know what road you get, get angry on the road and people will get road rage and follow somebody home and confront them in their, at their house because of road, some simple little act. Um, and, and so they get angry and they do irrational things. There's some articles you read, people even like murder people over road rage. So you get angry and you're not, you can't rationalize. So, so obviously we need to control our anger. We need to control our anger. God thinks we do as well. He put it in scripture. There's quite a, quite a bit of scripture about, about anger. If you read through your Bible, I'm going to share three. Um, one is from Psalm 37. Verse eight says, refrain from anger and turn from wrath. Do not fret. It leads only to evil. So anger leads only to evil. James 1, 19 and 20 says, Dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. 
Everyone should be quick to, quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. So when we're angry, it doesn't produce the righteousness of what God wants. It doesn't do that for us. And we've been in Proverbs, and so I'll share another one, not in our main verse for today, but in Proverbs, uh, Proverbs 14, 29, and this is the English Standard Version. It says, whoever is slow to anger has great understanding, but he who has a hasty temper exalts folly. So exalt means to, um, to enhance or to amplify folly or foolishness. And so with all these things, right, we, we shouldn't get angry. Um, it's, not that we, it's not that we shouldn't get angry because if I took a poll in this room right now, say, raise your hand if you've ever been angry, we would all probably raise our hand. It's going to happen. We are going to get angry. But it's more about what we do with our anger is what God wants. And that's what we're gonna talk about today. We're gonna talk about what do we do? How do we handle our anger? What should we do when we get angry. And so we're gonna, we're going to look at Proverbs 29, 11, if you wanna um, search in your Bible for that. And again, this is just one verse. And so I'm gonna give you one point from this verse, um, but I'm gonna really, I'm gonna preach hard on that one point today. It's Labor Day, give you, give you a little, you don't have to have two points. Um, but again, this verse tells us how we should react to our own anger and what we should do. So Proverbs 29, 11 says, fools give full vent to their rage, but the wise bring calm in the end. Since it's just one, I'm gonna read it again. Fools give full vent to their rage. And in some translations, that rage, that word says anger. So fools give full vent to their anger, but the wise bring calm in the end. And so today, the title of the message is Keep Calm and Carry On, Ways to Control Our Anger. And again, we're going to get angry. How do we control that? What do we do when we're angry? That's what we're going to talk about today. But first, let me pray. So God, we just come to you and, and we, we acknowledge that we, we do get angry but God, we also acknowledge that, um, that you want us to control our anger. So I just ask that you speak to us today, speak to this group, God. Give us some, some piece of, of, of your wisdom, give it to us. So in the next angry situation that, that we come across, that we know how to handle it because you taught us. Just speak through me today, God. I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. So the, the point for today is a wise response to anger is to dial it down, to dial it down. Dial down. The first part of our, our scripture in 29.11 says, fools give full vent to their rage, full vent to their rage. And when I thought about this term of full vent, it made me think of my air conditioner at home. 
So, and then I was thinking, okay, what about, you know, because an air conditioner or heater, right, when you, when you open the vents up, when you give it full vent, more of that comes out, either more heat or in the summer, it's more air conditioning. And so we had a, a really hot spell, and I, I believe in July, and it got almost 100 degrees. Maybe it did reach triple digits in some areas. And so what do I do? It's hot. I'm like, I don't deal with heat very well. So I'm like, oh, it, it's hot out here. Crank the air conditioner down. The, I just need to make it colder in my house. And so when I crank the air conditioner down, what does it do? And the full vent opens up. But here's what happens when I open the full vent of my air conditioner up. It doesn't keep up. The air conditioner runs so much and the, the freon that's going through it, it just doesn't cool. And the, the air can, and so my house actually doesn't get colder because the air conditioner cannot keep up when I'm at full vent in, a, in the, the middle of summer. It doesn't work. The air conditioner doesn't work. And when we give full vent to our anger, when we fight anger with anger, the same thing happens. It doesn't work. It doesn't help us. And there are times in our life that we feel that it's justified, that our anger is justified. Well, they were mad at me for somebody mad back. It's still, it doesn't work. When we give full vent, it does not work. I was thinking about a time in my life when Okay, when was, I, when was I angry and, and how what was the, the response to that? And so I thought about this is back when I was, I think I was in middle school. I might've been early high school, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it was middle school. And we're at home and me and my brother, I have an older brother. So we were old enough to stay home and my dad and mom, they would give us chores or jobs to do for the day. Well, we had a job to do, or I had a job to do, and it was to bury um, an electric wire from the house. They'd hook it up in the panel in the house and we had a, um, a garage like coming off the alley in the back. And so you know, there was probably 30 yards that we had to bury this wire. So my dad gave me instructions. Here it is. The day before we were in the crawl space and we ran it over, which that was another thing that made me angry. But anyway, we're over there. And so dad says, okay, you're running it from here right over to there. I want it a foot deep. Okay. No big deal, foot deep, that doesn't sound like a big deal. So I start, you know, hammering away at it. Well, between the house and the garage is a soft maple tree. If anybody knows anything about soft maples, they have a bunch of roots and they're really close to the, to the ground level. And so as I'm digging, here comes a root, okay? You know, it's a little one, I can dig through that one. Well, the closer I get to the tree, the bigger and the bigger the roots get and there's more of them. I have this little pickaxe, you know, the one end's got a fat blade on it and it comes down and, and so I'm, I'm digging away and it's hot and I'm, and I'm just getting madder and madder because more roots, okay, then I have to go to the garage and get the actual ax out and like chop the root out to get that. So finally, I give in, I give full vent to my rage. How I gave full vent, I'm just gonna foot deep this doesn't need to be a foot deep. I'm just going to bury it a little bit. I don't have to deal with all this. So I just dig a little trench. I probably did this like, that's good enough. Like, yeah. bury the wire, you know, put the dirt over it. Get home. Done. Yep, it's done. See, look, it's done. I don't know if my dad has a sixth sense or maybe I just did a very poor job and he could see it. Well, he gets over there and he kind of looks at it. 
we had the wire coiled up because the next day we were going to actually hook it in the garage. And he takes the wire and he goes, and he pulls up the wire. I'm like, oh, he caught me. He caught me. So guess what I had to do the next day? Dig the trench again and make sure it was deep enough and make sure it was buried down in there. The point is, when I gave in, when I gave into the full vent of my rage, I was angry and I just wanted to get it done and I don't want to dig this deep. It ended up costing me more in the long run. It didn't work for me because I had to do it over again. And it was actually harder the next day because I had to, you know, dig it up and rebury some of what I already had buried actually a foot deep. So giving in, giving full vent to our rage doesn't work. So what should we do? The second part of that verse, right, in 29.11 says, but the wise bring calm in the end. The wise bring calm in the end. And those two words, bring calm, if you look at the translation, they, 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 they're lumped together in the translation that means soothe. So we need to be the ones that soothe. When an angry situation arises, we need to be the ones that are the soothers. And this can be hard. Again, even in revenge situations, I've heard people, right? Ain't nobody going to disrespect me. I'm not going to let them get away with it. And they think that's okay because somebody did something first. I teach in the schools. Sixth graders, we've had school for 12 days. And on several occasions, somebody hit somebody. What are you, what are you hitting them for? Well, they hit me first. And they think it's justified. But even when we think it's justified, we still need to be the ones that bring calm in the end. There's a story in the Old Testament that's a really good example of this. This is David who would later become king. In this story, he's not king yet. Um, I messed it up in the first service, but this, he's not king yet. He is out, he's running from Saul. So he's out in the wilderness. So, so David is in this story. And also um, Nabal is in this story. Nabal is a wealthy man, um, but he's, I believe the Bible, um, the words in, my, in the NIV version uses the word surly. It describes him as surly. Basically, Nabal's a jerk. He's just not a nice guy. He's an angry guy. So he's in this story. And then there's Abigail, who actually at this time is Nabal's wife. So what happens is David's running from Saul. He needs some supplies and he knows, oh, hey, there's Nabal there. He knows, oh, he's, he's a wealthy man. Sends his guys down, says, ask basically for supplies. So the men go down, you know, hey, we're, we're doing this. Can, can we get some, we need some supplies. We need food. Um, and Nabal goes, David? Who's this David guy? He kind of gets angry, like, I'm not giving him anything. He doesn't need my help. And so then the guys go back and tell David this. Well, then David, on the other hand, says, are you kidding me? Who's this Nabal thing? So they get this anger. Both of David and Nabal are angry, right? They get this. You've seen the guys where they get that bro, and I'm like, Ugh. they get in the face-to-face, like, you give me the supplies. No, you don't, right? That's what's going on in this, in this situation. And so they're going to they're gonna battle. 
If you read the scripture, it's in um, 1 Samuel 25, but it even says that David even like rallies the troops. He's like, let's go. Come on, guys. Let's, we're going we're gonna to go fight. Then Abigail comes in, and she's the key to this story. Abigail comes in and basically says, whoa, whoa, whoa. You guys are mad. She brings calm to this storm and says, David, what do you need? You need supplies? I'll give you supplies. She ends up, um, if you look at the scripture, I believe it says that she makes them food and gives them, gives them food to eat. She brings the calm to this angry situations. And guess what happens? They end up not fighting. It works because she brought calm in the end. In 1 Samuel 25, 32 and 33, it says of this, as David said to Abigail after she brought calm to the storm, Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, who has sent you today to meet me. May you be blessed for your good judgment and for keeping me from bloodshed this day and from avenging myself with my own hands. Right? And the, the, the first part of verse 33 says, May you be blessed for your good judgment. May you be blessed by God for bringing calm in the end. That's a great example of how we, we need to be calm. We can't get this. And I, and I, I play it up because I'm a guy, but women do it too. Women can get angry just like men, but we need to be the ones that bring calm to the end. Here's kind of a fun side note. Nabal, who's this angry man, you know what his name translates to? It means fool. Fool, Nabal, this big tough guy, angry guy, I'm going to be is a fool. That's the way it's labeled. So bring calm in the end. Bring calm in the end. How can we do this? So I was thinking, I was putting this message together. I looked at some scripture and just kind of found some um, examples from my own life. And so I have three ways that we can stay calm. I, and I say that ways to stay calm, but how ways that we can bring calm in the end. And so you can write these down if you want. And the first way to stay calm is to count to 10. Allow your if you get in this situation, allow yourself to cool off. If we look at David and Nabal, if you would have counted to 10, maybe David would have said, you know what? I'm just going to go talk with him and reason with him. And maybe it would have been accomplished. We don't know that, but that, just count to 10. And give yourself a little time. I'll hit on the second two a little bit more. Um, the second, right, is the way to stay calm is to say little. Say little. Our scripture, Proverbs 29, 11, in the New Living Translation, the NLT, it says, Fool, fools vent their anger, but the wise quietly hold it back. The wise quietly hold it back. It reminds me of the old saying, if you don't have anything nice to say, what? Don't say anything at all. Quietly, get, you get angry, don't just vent, get full vent right away. Hold it back. Don't say, say little. I'll give you a story from my own life where I did not say little. Um, it's funny, this story was actually with my sister. And just up front, 
me and my sister, are, we're okay. This story's going to sound like, man, you and your sister must hate each other. We're okay now. But there was um, a time she was mad at me. Um, and we had known that. There was a little bit of friction going on between us. Uh, and my sister calls me, and she opens the conversation with, you know, I, it's not like the old days where I went, hello, who is this? Like, I saw it was her. I saw I'm like, I pick up the phone. Hello? Her first words are, I have to get something off my chest. And to me, that would be like pet peeve number seven. Like, when you say, basically, she says, I have to give you my opinion, and you're not going to like what I have to say. Like, that's what it meant to me. And so I'm right away, I'm boiling. Like, because I know this is going to be bad. So my sister, and then she starts getting whatever she had off her chest. So, Mr. Calm Me says, no, what's going on? No, I did not do that. I, she said, I guess some of it, she starts going, and so what do I do? My, my blood boils right away, and I start giving it back to her. I said a lot, not a little. I'm yelling at her, and she's yelling at me, and to this day, I have no idea what she said, and I have no idea what I said, but I do know to this day that that conversation did neither one of us any good because I gave full vent to my anger and didn't and said a lot instead of bringing calm to the situation and saying little. Say little. And the third thing that we can learn um, a way to, to stay calm is to hide your anger. Hide your anger. Hide your anger. I get this. I get a, a word picture of, of a duck on water. So if you picture a duck on water, looks really peaceful, right? Just sits there and it kind of floats around. The waves come and it just the duck floats and looks really calm. Do you know what a duck looks like underneath the water? Looks like this, <laughs> right? And that may be a little drastic, but if, but a duck, its feet underwater are always moving. It's turning its body, or if there's a current, it may have to just do this just to stay where it needs to be, or if it's paddling forward. But on top, looks really calm. Underneath, lots of action, I would say. And if we convert that to what we're talking about today, lots of anger or rage underneath the water. So we need to be like the duck and hide our anger. You say, well, why? I should be able to. There is huge value in holding our anger and speaking that into somebody that's angry. For example, if, you're, if there's a situation that just makes you mad and you hide that anger and somebody will come up to you and say, well, aren't you mad about that? Aren't you mad? You say, yeah. I'm, yeah, that makes me really mad. There's huge value in them seeing you go, oh, wait a minute. So when you're angry, you don't have to give full rage to that. You can, you can be angry and not show it. Man, there is huge power in being able to do that. Huge power in hiding our anger. 
of another example in my life of, of hiding anger. Um, recently, I got a job transition. Um, part of that job transition was a pay cut and a pretty substantial pay cut um, from what I was doing. And in the moment, right, I sat down, I work at a school, and so it came from the superintendent, and, and I'm, I'm not mad at him, right? I understood the situation, but when he said, hey, here's going to be your new job, and here's going to be your new pay, I was mad. I was mad immediately in that meeting. I thought, it's going to be okay. I'm not going to say anything yet, okay? And I'll go and give myself some time, process it. I got home, talked to my wife about it. Uh, in the long run, by me not giving full rage and staying calm in that situation, and I was, I was mad. The job I have now, I enjoy more than my old job. I don't make as much money, but so what? I have, I have, I'm making ends meet, and more so. God took care of me in that situation by hiding the anger, bringing calm to the situation, and not giving full rage to my anger. God honored that in a big way. I have a job now where I'm able to, to minister more to people anyway. It's what God wanted. But if I would have given full van, I could have said something stupid right on the spot, and he could have said, because well, I'm a teacher now, he said, well, you don't want that kind of angry man in the classroom. Like, you're, you're fired. Luckily, that didn't happen. Don't give full vent to your Bring calm. Soothe the situation. And so that's, that was the point today. A wise response to anger is to dial it down. To bring calm in the end. Don't give full vent to Bring calm in the end. And as we close, Esther's going to come up and she's going to play. And I want to I share this with you before I, I bring Rose up to do ministry time. The scripture is Ephesians 4, 26 and 27. And it says, in your anger, which is what we've been talking about, in your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. Because when we get angry, we talked about it, we do foolish things. When we get angry, it's sinful behavior. And what does that do? Gives the devil, it opens the door for him to do more and more damage. Because angry behavior is foolish behavior. And the devil wants, the devil wants to get in and, and get that foothold and do more and more work. Because you know the thing about it is, the devil's the one that's the fool. The devil is the one that's the fool. The devil had a seat in heaven and his pride, and I would argue that his anger in that moment got him kicked out. So now he wants to make all of us look foolish so he doesn't look as foolish. So we talk about anger and bringing calm. We control that. In the parking lot, I can't control the guy that's gonna cut across, right? I can't control the person that's gonna take 
15 items to the 10 items. I can't control that. But what I can control is how I react to that. And that's what God calls us to do. He calls us to have a calm reaction to angry situations. And so Rose is going to come up. She's going to close us out with some ministry time. Thank you for enjoying the message. We hope we helped you know God more intimately. If you feel our ministry is helping you spiritually, feel free to find out more about us at lighthousevineyard.church. Thank you once again for being part of our family, and we'll see you next time.